0: Well, look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're hoping that maybe our crowd would get back over here, Uh, I'm not sure, somewhere they're going to be filtering in, so as they come in, don't let it disturb you, we're actually, uh, they were hoping for 11.30, we're at about 11.27 or something like that right now, I know also my wife, she's heading out up there, so 11.30 is probably more like 11.40, and so hopefully... Uh, she'll be able to, to have it done, she, she is uh, the, the most creative person in the world, and, but she's one of those unique people that she's very creative, but she's also got the character and the drive, the determination to make it all come to fruition. And so, uh, but usually, uh, oh, I, I'm going to have to stop talking about her. She's coming in, and she's coming in early. Wow. How is that possible? that you're coming in early the rest rest of them uh, how to go fantastic we had it was <laughs> amen praise the lord <laughs> <laughs> all right and here comes one of the evil people she actually looked the look, looked the most evil. Uh, yes. All right. Okay. We're gonna have a. Uh, we may do it tonight. Maybe it'd be fun. To, I don't know how long it's gonna be, but whether we can do it. But we're gonna. We, our whole thing is to get a video, so you, so everybody. We started just say, okay, let's just go. Home, all of us go over there and watch it. Uh, but we felt better at that. But. Uh, uh, it is. Uh, it was a great program over there. A lot of fun. Great costumes and things. And the kids are really excited about it. So now the next half hour, they're going to be getting their Bible teaching and and they're getting to win all their prizes and all their giveaways and all that. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, so some of them be coming in still. They're changing their costumes and heading on in and and making their way. Uh, Miss Linda, you don't have to go change your costume. You're okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know sign language. It doesn't do any good. Okay, God bless you. Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. So we had some, had some young people saved, and we have our first. As she was saying, if you didn't hear, we had our first little deaf girl, and uh, and so that's. Uh, we're we're hoping to, uh and, and Miss Linda where it's a blessing uh she knows how to sign for for the deaf so she's going over there to work with her all right Deuteronomy chapter six, look at verse four and five, Deuteronomy chapter six verses four and five we're going to turn to several passages of scripture and uh and and again, as people come in don't let them, don't let it you know draw your attention away too bad like badly, and I'll do my best to just continue on but Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Now I want you to go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, look at verse 35. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35. i going to take just a moment or two, just read through several passages here. Matthew twenty-two thirty-five says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself and on these uh, two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now go to Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12 verse 28, Mark chapter 12 verse 28. Going to get your Bible in reading in for the week here. Mark chapter 12 verse 28 says and one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now look at Luke chapter 10. It's kind of unique for the way uh, we normally do on Sunday morning, but we're looking at several passages, very they're kind of what you'd call is parallel passages of Scripture. But Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Mm-hmm. All our people are gone. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 25 says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. We won't go into the rest of that story. But we want, I just wanted to read each of these because in each of these passages of Scripture, it makes a little statement or two that's a, a little bit unique and, and kind of a qualifying statement and a very important statement. We're going to talk about these a little bit, but first I have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, please be with us this morning. Father, I'm asking the name of Jesus that you would, you would turn back every, every evil influence that, that tries to enter into this place. Lord, there's a lot going on, and anytime time there's a lot going on and, and, and sort of out of the ordinary and breaking up the routine, uh, then sometimes it, it causes some, a little bit of confusion. Lord, I pray that you would uh, eliminate that this morning. You're not the author of confusion. Lord, I pray that you settle our minds and our hearts, and Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your power and your spirit. Lord, you'd anoint me with your fresh oil this morning, that I would have clarity of mind, strength of body, and that you would direct everything that's said and done here this morning. Father, I pray that you'd bless each and every person, that somebody might get something this morning that would affect their lives. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Deuteronomy shows us, when we look back at Deuteronomy, that first passage that we look at, Deuteronomy shows us that this is truly the first commandment. Uh, it's uh, here's why, and just you know, just uh, it, just put it down in just simplistic terms for it. If you do not love the Lord, you will not accept the commandments. So God says, before we really even get started on this, He says the very first thing you got to understand. He said, you got to love God. He said, you got to love God with, with all your, your, your being. you got to love God with your mind, your soul, your heart, your body, your strength. you got to love God. And he said, now, when you love God, then the, the things that God tells you, there won't be such an issue. We won't struggle with the, the things that he tells us, the commandments, so to speak. Hey, if, for, if you do not love the Lord, you will not love and accept the commandments. If you do not love and accept his commandments, you, watch this, you will not teach them to your children. And that's what Deuteronomy is talking about. Deuteronomy is talking about love God. He said, love God because then you'll love the commandments. He said, and if you love the commandments, he said, I, that would only make sense then that you, if you love God and love his commandments that you'd want to t- do what God also commanded you to do, which is to teach these very same things to your children. Now, here's what we got to understand. This idea of loving God with all your heart and body and soul and mind, this idea of doing this, uh, we read several, we read three different passages in the New Testament, and, and sort of, again, today, uh, it, it's almost being preached and taught as though uh, Jesus suddenly came up with this concept in, in the New Testament. That Jesus, when he walked on the earth, suddenly came and said, you know what? This is not about the commandments. This is about just love God. And that's the first and greatest and all the rest of them. You know, if you'll just do that. And the truth is, the real truth is, Jesus did say that. And the truth is, if you truly love God, the rest of it take care of itself. But it, didn't, it wasn't just something that Jesus suddenly said. He actually was answering them specifically. They asked him a question And he said, what Deuteronomy had already said. He said, this is the greatest commandment. He said, don't you, I would think that Jesus looked at him and said, don't you know the Bible? It's in Deuteronomy. It's in Deuteronomy chapter six. It tells us right there that this is the most important thing. This is where it all foundationally begins. So thoughts to ponder. This is something to think about. Being the first and greatest does not mean it eliminated all others. That's some, one of the things we've got to understand. If it's the first and greatest, that right there, that statement, will just about, that statement tells us that there are others. You can't be the first and the greatest unless there's something else. And so it does not eliminate those. And, and the second statement is this, on these first two, uh, and it says this clearly, but these first two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, again, this is simplistic, but these two are the hinge pins that support every word of the stated literal law. It I mean it, this is what everything that God stated literally but he said the law and the prophets what he's saying is he's saying every specifically stated law hinges on this. He says but also everything else the prophets taught you hinges on this. Now, where's this come from just this this topic this morning, this thought this morning, I asked the we were, we had a youth rally this this week youth conference and and uh and we went went to it, took the young people to it, of course, because uh, Joe Beth and I are young people, and uh we are the we are the youth directors and uh and everything else and so uh, uh but no we we went and we took the kids to this youth conference and and, uh, and so I was just riding with with some of the kids, and, and, uh, and so I, I, I just threw out a question. I said, what's the greatest commandment? Well, now all of us just heard it read about four times, right? So we think, well, that's a simple answer. Well, some of the kids struggled with that. It wasn't coming into their head. What was the greatest commandment? And so that kind of caused me to start thinking about the importance, that how important it is that we not only know what it is, but understand what it is. And again, we all just read it about four times or so, so we can easily think, why would they struggle with this answer? But there was a bit of a struggle, yet there was a... This was the starting place for God in delivering the commandments to his people. This is the foundational starting place for God to deliver all the commandments to his people. The importance is restated by Jesus as he is questioned by religion, education, and political leaders. I mean, all these different leaders from different venues, they're coming, they're questioning Jesus, and Jesus is answering them, and he answers them. The best way to answer anybody is with the word of God. And what Jesus does, he answers them with the word of God. And so, and he says, the first and the greatest command, the second is so closely connected. Uh, now, here's, we're going to kind of stop there and, and we're going to shift gears just a little bit. Next week, next Sunday, is the day that much of mankind chooses to recognize and remember the resurrection of Christ. It's what in America we call. Uh, Easter, so often. I like to call it the, the resurrection day, but, but uh, it is a wonderful thing, and we hope that many will come to our church next Sunday and remember with us the most important, the most powerful day of all history and creation. You know, that's, it, it really is. It's the most important and most powerful day in all of creation. That's the day that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave. Now, we remember the birth of Christ. For there could be no resurrection without the birth. So the birth of Christ is very important, amen? Because without the birth, you can't have a resurrection. Because you can't have a death unless you have a birth, and you can't have a, a, a resurrection unless you have a birth and a death. But more importantly, listen to this, we must also realize the birth would not have meaning if there were no resurrection. You have to understand, if Jesus just was born, and and even if he died, if he's not resurrected, he's no different than any other prophet. The life of Christ is so wonderful and important, but Christ's life, listen to this now, the life of Christ as an example to us is so important, but that life is without real depth of meaning if the resurrection does not occur. It's very important I mean it's wonderful you say well you know the Lord gives us wonderful life principles to live by and living like Jesus would help us in this physical life but I'm telling you this uh, clearly uh, it's very important that we live like Christ but that life is really diminished in its meaning if there is no resurrection we remember the death of Christ but the death is without real meaning if there's no resurrection but now understand this, that the meaning of the resurrection of Christ, and here's the whole point, the meaning of the resurrection of Christ is greatly diminished in your life and my life if it does not bring about a resurrected life in us. That's good. Amen. So we, we remember Jesus was resurrected. Jesus came up from the gra- grave, and, and, and next Sunday we, we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, if it really is... important to us then it needs to do what it's supposed to do and that means give us a resurrected life 1st Corinthians chapter 15 if you want to turn to it, chapter 15 verse 17 says this and if Christ be not raised your faith is vain ye are yet in your sins then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished if in this listen to this now what he says if in this life only we have hope in christ we are all men most miserable he said you know look even if we have the life of christ to give us hope in this life but that's it it's just about how to have a better life listen to me i've said so many times if it's just about having your best life now here's what paul says he says you know what we are then we're all men most miserable You know why? Because this life, no matter how good it is, is going to end. And what happens when it ends? Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. He says, if Christ is not risen, we may have a good life now. But our best life now is not good enough. That's a life most miserable. If he is not risen, we are all most miserable without hope, without joy, without purpose. If Jesus didn't arise from the grave. But now, verse 20 It says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that sleep. So he did rise, amen? Amen. He did rise from the grave. He he is alive today. He didn't just arise from the grave. He's alive today. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. Now, it's up to us. He has done his part. What What will we do with the life he has given us? This is the real question. What will we do with the life he has given us? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me romans chapter 6 verse 4 says this therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk this, in newness of life it is so important that we understand and and look somehow some way i'm going to keep preaching it until i take my last breath but somehow some way when you get saved when you trust christ there ought to be a newness of life. There ought to be something taking place. And listen to me, If I'm not saying this all at the same speed for everybody. I'm not saying it's all going to happen the same way for everybody. I'm not saying that, that everybody's going to look the same, act the same, talk the same all the time. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying inside of you, you ought to know that something's going on in here. Yeah. Something's happening in here. When you trust Christ, somebody came to live inside of you and something is choking. Somebody's telling you to do something different. You're a new creature. You're alive now. Something is going on. Too much are we having a Christianity that says, I want out of hell. I don't want to go to hell, so I'll take Jesus. I'm taking Jesus, but I'm holding on to everything I want to do. And there's nothing that goes on in here, or if it is, it's been shut down. But God says we're supposed to walk in newness of life. You know, we ought to have a better attitude once we get saved. We ought to have a better spirit once we get saved. You know, I, I forget. One of the fellas was preaching this week, and he was talking about you know with the things that you did before you got saved, and and he said, you know, uh, you, know you know, it was uh, somebody said it was, your, it was your conscience then that bothered you about the things you did. I looked over at Daniel sitting beside me. I said, "Never bothered me. Must not have had a conscience because I, I, nothing ever bothered me." I mean, it didn't bother me. I figured whatever I was doing was okay. If I got in a fight, as long as I won, it was okay. Where I went, as long as I had fun, it was okay. When I got saved, something happened in here. Something changed. Now, look, it didn't matter if I won the fight. I couldn't go to sleep now. I'm torn up about it. I'm eat up about the fact that it didn't need to happen. I didn't have to act that way. For the resurrection life to have true meaning in my life, I must live a resurrected life. Yet, I must first die to myself, but I must rise again in newness and power in presence of Christ. How can I do this? Now, let's going to shift gears again go back to our passage, okay? We're going back to what we were talking about in the first. I am a new creature, and that new creature must love my Creator and Lord with all the love that He has given me. I must love with all my heart. How can I demonstrate this newness of life? I've got to love the Lord. And he says, with all my heart, that, that the fountain and the seed of the thoughts, the passions, the desires, the appetite, even in that definition, is God first in your thoughts, in your passions, in your desires? God says he wants to love you to love him so much it is not an effort or chore, but a desire of your heart to put him first in your heart. He said, That's really, he said no, none, none of the rest of this stuff will be a problem to you. He's not saying that you've done it all once you say, oh, I love God. He's saying, no, once you love me, all the other things I tell you to do won't be a problem. But he says, what, what do we choose before God? Think about it. What person would we choose before God? What possession would we choose before God? What enjoyment, physical or mental, would we choose before God? And God says, you know, if there's anything, if anything just popped into your head, then you don't love God with all your heart. He says, with all the soul, your breath, your being, your life, is God first in your priorities of life? What we do with our life, how we live our life, the job we work, is my existence or how I exist more important than God's desires for me? Is my existence my priority or is my love for God my priority? Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, with all my strength. That's my, my ability, my strength, my might, my energy. I, 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 I praise her. I'm going to keep praising her. But, but listen, a little woman over here, she's using up every ounce of her strength. Why? She's using it for God. How do I use my energy? There's an old saying that we that we'll find a way to do what we really enjoy doing exhausted, too exhausted to go to church, but plenty of strength to go play ball or to go to a ball game? Is my strength used for me and my cause or for the cause of God? He says, with all my mind. My understanding, my imagination, my thinking, clearly God wants our minds. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, God says. So he wants our mind. God wants our thoughts to be on him, on his ways, knowing him, knowing his word. God wants us to have him in our thoughts because as we think in our minds, that's who we are. And so if I think and I have God in all my mind, then listen, that's who I become. I become one who truly loves God. And, of course, he puts in the end, there's a neighbor's a self. That's anybody, anyone whom we ever come in contact with. Who is my neighbor? That's anybody you ever come in contact with. Everybody in here is my neighbor. Every, truthfully, everybody, when I go to the gas station and meet that fella, he's my neighbor. When I go to the bank and meet that fella, he's my neighbor. When I go to the grocery store and meet them, that's my neighbor. Anybody you come in contact with, your neighbor watches, though, by definition, it really emphasizes that neighbor starts at home. It's who you live with, too. How do I live this resurrected life? It's not in burnt offerings and sacrifices. It's in the heart of love. A love that is real reaches my heart that it might reach the heart of every other man. It's something so real in me. God said, if you love me with this love that's so complete, you know what it's going to do? It's going to overflow onto somebody else. It's going to pour over to man. So if you love God with all your heart, your body, your soul, your mind, your strength, God says, watch this. You're going to love your neighbor as yourself. It's going to overflow. God so loved, he gave. He gave all of himself. Jesus did not give us a, a, a hand. He didn't, he didn't cut off a hand for us. He didn't cut off a foot for us. He didn't cut off a leg or an arm for us or an eye or an ear. He gave himself for us. What does he ask in return? All of me. I'm going to give you a little illustration and we're done. Y'all like illustrations? Okay. Okay. This is not a number two washtub, but okay, here we go. Can y'all see that over there? Here's what most of us think that we're, this is what God wants from us. We come to church, and here's what God wants from us. God, God, God wants, man, he just, he wants everything for me. Okay, God's going to be happy. I'll give you my music. Okay, God. Uh, all right, that's not enough. You want to be happy? I'll give you all my sports. Well, that's not enough. Okay. All right, Lord, I'll uh, I'll give you stuff I've been reading. I'll give you. I'll give you that. Not enough. You think it's enough. No. Okay, maybe I'm gonna I'm give you. This is a carpenter's hammer. <laughs> Uh, I'll give you all my work, all my talents, all of my abilities. I'll give it to you. Not enough. Okay. We're getting down to nitty-gritty now. I'm going to give you my food. I'm going to even give you what I eat. That's my protein bar. I can't survive without my protein bar. But just to honor most everybody in this room, okay, Lord, you've gone to meddling now, but you can. I said, I'll give you my music. And so I'm getting to the next one, too. I'll give you my coffee, Lord. Some of you just went into convulsions right now. Give you my coffee. All right killer is, is probably somebody in this room just called him. <laughs> I'll give him a coffee. Is that all right? Sure, that's enough, right? Okay, wait a minute. We're getting down to the brass tacks now. This is really, okay. Whew. <laughs> I'll give you my phone, Lord. Hey, uh, I give you my car and taking everything. Oh, here, you can have my tie. I hate them anyway. You got it, Lord. No. No, it is so hard for you to give all that stuff up. It's even hard for me to leave it in there day by day. But here's the whole thing. That's not what he wanted. He don't mind if I keep this. He don't care. He don't mind if I play a little ball. He doesn't mind if the music's okay, but that's not really his priority. Whether it is, isn't it? All oh, my coffee, my time, my keys, my candy bar. No, you see, the real issue is, and here's where our problem is: so much of our Christianity, this is what we've been doing. We've been tossing in a few things here, a few things there, and and here the whole time we're we're, we're upset about it because we're well, every day we won't go back and get it. You know, we put we gave our music to God a long time ago, but man, almost every day we fight with turning it back on in the car. You know, hello. But that's what he. Yeah, you know, the whole reason is because we were eliminating things when what he really wanted was this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it doesn't matter that he has these things. Because he's got all of me. Yeah, is it a big deal to give up this? If he's already got me? If he's got me, do I really have a problem with that or that? No, the truth is, when he really has all of me, you really say, Lord, what else? Is there anything that I'm holding back? Is there something that I'm kind of keeping out? Now, when he's got all of you, what's the matter with that stuff that you brought along with you? It doesn't matter. And that's really what he's saying when he says, love me with your heart. It's in here. With your soul, it's in here. With your mind, it's in here with your body, your strength, it's in here. He's got it all. So we either spend our life out here fighting over what we have to put in there and always fighting to reach back in or we just say, no, I'm done. If you want to know what happened to Joe Bethany a long time ago, and people have asked us a lot, how'd this end up like this for you? It was just a time, a long time ago, we just said, with the faith of a child. He said, when you come with the faith of a child, you know what that means? A little child gives it all completely. No holding back. He just gives it all up. And that's what God's asking of us. And that's what it really means to love Him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And once we can do that, the other things just don't matter. Why does it hinge on us? Every other commandment hinges on these two. Why? Because if you love the Lord, what can He ask you? I've said this for years and years. It's a different sermon, but I've always believed this. I believe with all my heart, all of my life, 30-something years I lived up in northwest Indiana, and I would preach this to To people all over the nation, I would say this. If I had a need, and I called my daddy, I believe if it was in his power, he would meet that need. And if it wasn't in his power, if he had to start walking barefooted to try to get to me, he would. I believe that. You know why? Because he loved me. And watch this. In my imperfections, he loved me. And God loved me even greater in my imperfections. You know what he asked of me? He asked me to love him. And if he does everything for me because of love, what he's saying is if you just love me, then what you need to do and what I'm going to ask of you is just not an issue. And I've, been, I've fallen short of in a million ways, I'm sure, but the love my dad displayed to me I've tried to return that love and do whatever I could to make life better for Him. I don't have to make life better for the Lord. But it sure is wonderful to know that I could please Him if I truly loved Him. What would that, I just believe that does something to the heart of God. If I really love Him the way that He wants me to way that he desires me to. And he made it so plain. You love me and you love others. All the rest of these commandments, they're there, they're good, they're valid. But they're really not a debatable issue. They're just not an issue. They'll take care of themselves as you say, oh, Lord, is that what you want? Well, if I'm already in here, Listen. If now he wants my phone, well, he's already got it. You want it? (laughs) Lord, you already got it. So what's the big deal? Father, I pray that you bless. Lord, I pray that you please bless the people that have worked so hard this week. Lord, I pray you bless the Coleman family that... uh, travel down this morning to be with us just to enjoy our church and to enjoy the young people and work on the bus route and to get to know us a little better. I pray you be with them. I know they're weary. Father, I pray that you bless the people that are sitting in this room this morning. Dear God, would you help us? Would you help us to know how to love you more? Would you teach us Father, you are love, so please flow through us with your love that we might return that love to you, dear God. Father, I ask you, please fill us with your spirit and your power. Lord, I pray that you bless. If there's someone here this morning that doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, Lord, that they would understand how much God loves them. He loved them enough to die for them, for without the death, there'd be no resurrection. And Father, I pray that if there's someone here that needs to follow you in baptism, that they would talk to us about that. If there's someone here that's been saved and baptized in what we'd call deep water, Lord, I, I pray that they would talk to us about being a member of our church. But Lord, most importantly this morning that we here sitting in this room would say to you, Lord, help us. To love you more. Help us to fully understand and comprehend what it means to, to love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. Oh God, please, touch our hearts. I beg you. Let's all stand. We want to take a few moments, and if you just need and like to talk to the Lord this morning, and. Maybe talk to him about this whole issue of your salvation, or maybe you need to talk to him about your church membership. Maybe you need to talk to the Lord just about loving him more. Lord, I want to love you more. I want to understand how to do that more. As she plays, the altar's yours if you'd like to come. Just use this altar a little bit and just say, Lord, I, I just, I want to love you more. I want to love you more completely like you desire. And can I just say, if there's something you've been struggling with, something you've been struggling over, something that maybe God has said, I need something in your life. I need you to give this to me. And you've been holding on. You've been gripping tight to it. How can we hold on to something if he already has all of us? What difference would it make if we give them our keys or our phone or our music? What's that matter? Lord, you got me. Just uh, continue for a moment with their heads bowed, and uh, there's others being dealt with, but um, i tell you what, why don't you very quietly go ahead and, and sit down, and you can look up at me, and and um, we got a very special day today in the, the fact that we've had uh, just a, a bunch of young people that have trusted Christ as their Savior today, and Brother Hopper and well, Alan, if y'all could, uh, Jeremy, just make sure, when I call out their names, make sure they, they clearly understand. But Jada Pope, is Jada? That's, see, I just, uh, think she had this, thanks, you may have had to take her out for just a second. But, oh, uh, right, we'll go back to that one. A- Angelica Domingo? Angelica Domingo. Angelica has trusted Christ as her Savior? You trust Christ as your Savior? Jada? That's great. Could you check it? Just. And we have Selena Domingo. Amen. Selena, did you trust Jesus as your Savior? Praise the Lord. And Selena is six years old. Is that right? No, Angelica is six years old. Selena is eight years old. I thought you looked awful big to be six years old. All right. And then we have Elijah Hampton. All right. Elijah, raise your hand for me. Elijah, do you trust Jesus as your Savior? Praise the Lord. And then we have Michael Murray. All right, Michael. Big man. Michael, do you trust Jesus as your Savior? Did you ask Jesus to save you and take you to heaven when you die? Not sure. We need to talk to him some more there. All right. And then Jalen Brown. Hey, Jalen. Did you trust Jesus as your Savior? You know for sure now you're going to heaven? That's good, Jalen. Jalen. And then Montavius, 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 I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Uh, y'all didn't get that, Jesus. Um, Montavius Golden, and Montavius Golden is nine. Did you trust Jesus as your savior, Montavius? That's fantastic. Let's hear it for all of these young <laughs> people. come on are we okay that's uh mom no, let's see I, I had her here jada okay okay all right all right okay so yeah Jada. well praise the lord for all of these and we'll we'll make sure that mom and dad found out about this and and uh, of course your mom is here today isn't she All right, I thought so. I'm not sure she's in here right now, but I saw her come on the bus this morning also. That was fantastic. Anybody here win a bike? None of you got the bike? Oh, man, what a bummer, huh? All right, but you got saved, right? Amen, that's better than a bike. Praise the Lord. Silbert, anything? All right, okay. All right. That's that's fantastic, and let's uh, let's hear it again for these young people. Amen. And can I just say that's what uh, that's the reason we're going to all this effort and money. You know, the buses, the junior church, and all the stuff that's going on. The reason we're doing all this is it's right here that a young person would come to know Jesus and and that their life would have some hope and dreams that uh, maybe wouldn't have otherwise happened. All right, but Alan, if you would pray for us, we'll close. If you'll stand, we'll we'll ask the Lord to bless our day. Lord, thank you so much for uh, the day that you've given us. Lord, thank you for the young people that have trusted you as their Savior. Lord, thank you for that. for we know that that was the reason that you came, and that's the reason we're still here is because we see people say, Lord, thank you for the opportunities that you give this church every week, every day. Lord, thank you for that. Now, Lord, we ask you to bless us as we go and bring us back at six o'clock tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.